Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey guys, this episode of the Wingman Podcast is brought to you by Sitka Gear. And we've been partnered with Sitka for, man, I don't know, four years, five years now? Since the beginning. We've been wearing Sitka Gear and I... Oh man, you guys have heard me talk about Sitka Gear on and off and sing their praises. But what I wanted to do is explain to you exactly why I'm a believer in Sitka Gear and what it's done for me as a waterfowler. First of all, I grew up wearing hand-me-down clothes, wearing that stuff in the 80s and 90s where I was always wet, I was always cold. And so having good, high-quality gear that keeps me in the field until I'm ready to go home is vital. And it's just super important, and I appreciate it so much. And the folks over at Sitka just build the single best waterfowl clothing on the planet. The fit, the performance, every single piece is exactly, is thought out perfectly, and it is performance-driven. I think back to some of the hunts that we do out here just last season, as a matter of fact, hunting at 21 below zero uh, on a late season goose and duck hunt. I was able to stay out there long enough in the field that I harvested my dream bird, which was a Drake pintail. That was using Sitka's boreal setup, both the parka, both the jacket and the bibs. That stuff is built for the late season. But there's more to, obviously, Sitka's waterfall setup than or Sitka's waterfall system, I should say, than just simply cold weather. I look at the Delta system and it is designed to keep you dry in even in the early season when it's warm and you might be working up a big sweat walking into your spot, that system's going to breathe and it's going to keep you dry from the outside while also ventilating you from the inside. I've seen it on cold days. I've seen this exact thing happen with her when I'm layered up with the Sitka gear. I start with uh, either a synthetic or, a mer- or their merino base, and then I put on, a lot of times I'll just put on like a, either a soft shell or a puffy vest, and then either a soft shell or a puffy on top. The Dakota hoodie is one of my favorite pieces, but I've also used some pieces that aren't, are no longer uh, in production, which is a high mountain hoodie, but I've seen the moisture get pulled off my skin through the layers and actually freeze as ice particles and frost particles on the outside of the clothing. Now what that's doing is it's telling me that sweat that I worked up in the morning going into my spot is is getting sucked away from my skin, keeping me warm and keeping me dry and keeping me in the blind hunting birds. Awesome. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 71 of the Wingman podcast. Uh, pretty sure that's the number we're on, but I've got Cody McCarthy with Slayer Calls and among other things. Um, I'll let him tell you more about that, but Cody, we've been trying to do this for a few weeks, man. We finally got to sit down and chat. Um, Merry yeah. Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for being yeah. on. You too, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I can't can't thank you enough this is an awesome opportunity and you know i just can't wait to to talk about the good stuff with you um how's everything going good good yeah we were we kind of were visiting a little bit before the podcast got started mm-hmm. and uh you know you were we met we actually missed a podcast recording because we were you and i were both out running around doing other things and we got yeah. sidetracked and that's family life you know i mean if yeah. you that's one thing that you and I de- well one more thing that you and I have in common other than how much we love anything you can call in Absolutely. Um, whether it's waterfall or elk we are both committed diehard family men yeah we're super dads yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> super dads. exactly well we, we gotta, try I try yeah no yeah shoot yeah see you probably you probably do better than me I got three little girls and I got my uh my youngest one is teething on a duck call right now the oldest one's getting ready to uh where where we might have her compete in the world out calling contest in the voice division you know she she gets real fired up about that and the middle one we're just getting into she's just really starting to figure out how to 
shoot her BB gun and her pellet gun and all, all of her bows and arrows. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun, but you know, during the holidays, you know, they love when coming home and seeing the birds and watching me clean them and, you know, going through the whole deal, the preparation and the eating them and how excited that gets. And, you know, it's just a, it's just a fun, it's just a fun thing. You know, being a dad is the best thing and just thank God for the opportunity and, you know, they're obviously number one and thankful to have a wife that that blessed me with those kids and then that loves to do all the same things with me. So, you know, all glory to God and thank you so much for, you know, having us on here and allowing me to share a little bit of my life with you guys. No, absolutely, man. You you said it very well. Glory to God. And we couldn't do this. I know I couldn't do this without my support at home. You know, absolutely. I, and there's absolutely. no way. You know, we, we run around, you and I are both in the same boat where we run around filming stuff and, and making a living doing this and, and mm -hmm. top of our regular jobs. You know, I know you, you and the call factory at Slayer and me here at Eastman's, but run us through, um, what you do at Slayer and what Slayer is for people who don't know. So awesome. Yeah. That's an awesome question. So the, the cool, really cool thing is, is I'm. I'm still fairly young. So I have, and like I said, I have a super supportive wife and kids, but so my main day job, I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So I run five gyms that are all, you know, whether I'm training someone that's rehab, you know, getting ready for a knee replacement or I'm training someone, you know, that's, you know, just drawing an elk tag and needs to get an elk shape. I, I have a pretty good, you know, clientele that's, you know, hunting related and then rehab related. And just and so that's where a majority of my time is spent. But with Slayer, this was a, this was a great opportunity that came Bill Ayers, uh, the CEO. Um, we kind of hit it off. He's a great guy. We had, we share the same, you know, we're everyone in Slayer was all at one point, a division athlete, division one athlete. We were all football players. He played at uh, university of California, Berkeley, I played football at Eastern Washington University. My dad played on the first year of the Blue Turf at Boise State. So we're all like extremely – and we all play linebacker. So we're all extremely focused, driven, super competitive. So we take that – all that performance-based stuff that we learn through athletics and we apply it to the calls and constantly asking ourselves like what – when we're out hunting, doing what we love, and never letting the call side of things ever – Never, ever do we let it impede why we do what we do, right? The hunting, the fishing, the spending time in the outdoors, watching the sun's the sun come up, go down, hearing that elk bugle, those mallards setting in, the turkeys spitting and drumming at 20 yards. Like, that's why we do what we do. We do it to put, you know, youth out in the blind, you know, our wives you know, our friends, like the first timers, like that's why we do it. We love, we truly love it. So we never, ever let, you know, business or anything like that really take away from why we do what we do. But at Slayer, you know, we last year we were Field and Streams top double read duck calls. So we, we have, we've had some success with the waterfowl calls. Um, just recently, we designed a new cut-down duck call and a new open-bore ranger duck call, which is called the ranger, which is an open-bore duck call for, you know, hunting a river, like your refuge, a lot, lot louder. We have the cut-down now that is extremely loud, extremely sharp. Um, hold on. Yeah. Oh, speak of the doubt, hey, this is a good person to have on. This is the guy that makes the calls. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well this is fortuitous hey, todd todd this is my dad joe mccarthy hey joe nice to meet todd you oh hey how are you so he's Good. the one that actually makes all of our uh elk diaphragms and oh, stuff cool. like that yeah we're actually i just was on a conference call too we're gonna start doing a little more work with our frames to try to there's some things you know a lot, a lot of companies have problems with slippage and we're trying to do some things to make our calls last longer yeah. than the average i mean i think right now we're we are lasting longer than the average call but we'd like to try to make that even yeah. better well that's just a little insight of what we're doing on 
kind of a daily basis of the hustle of Slayer. Like we're we're constantly working, trying to make the next best great product. So yeah, like I said, we're working. You know, we're working on the. Uh, <laughs> we're working on you know getting our cut down. You know, we just released that. We have our open bore ranger that call it's new for this year. We also have a really new awesome uh, whistle. That's I like saw a, that. Oh man, it is it is awesome. It's Whistler's mother. I mean, what a, what a name. Yeah, and it really <laughs> and it really. I mean, from doing like the you know because with the standard you know whistles, you know you kind you get your obviously your drag here. You know you get your widget. but now like that pintail is really that. Oh, it's it sounds so good, and then you can do the wood duck, the, you know. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's really a, we're putting together things that hunters, you know, because we're we're all we're all hunters, and so we're putting together like calls that truly work in the field and that we've tested hours on, and we've had great success with. Now, you know, if waterfowl thing, you know, season's kind of wrapping up this next month. We're shifting all of our gears into, you know, turkeys. Um, turkeys is a is a really big thing for me. I love hunting turkeys. You know, killed my first turkey. I think when I was seven. You know, with my sitting in my dad's lap. You know, and it's been something that I've been able to do a lot living in northern Idaho and playing football in eastern Washington. Like being able to hunt turkeys, and so we have really uh, a lot of new cool turkey calls coming out that are all handmade work. Awesome. About to put out a bunch of videos tomorrow on that. Um, and then rolling into the elk stuff, you know, obviously that's, that's my bread and butter, you know, being the world, you know, the former world elk calling champion, you know, it's uh, that's kind of my bread and butter. And that's where I really, you know, think that we can make a big splash because, you know, you have J frame cut down your J frame, you know, style call, you have a cut down call, you have a mouth diaphragm, turkey call, you have box call, slate call, you know, push button call, like th those are all proven and successful. But, you know, what we have in the elk world is, you know, integrating, you know, diaphragm calls with, you know, push buttons or, you know, first like the external calls that you have that are bugling related, um, you know, we've kind of blended the two there, you know, a, a very versatile lineup of elk calls, you know, so we're really, we're really pushing, pushing the limits there on elk. And we have some really cool stuff coming that, you know, you guys will be sure the first to know about it when, when uh, it's released. But, you know, as far as Slayer goes, you know, it's a, we have a great um, marketing team that, a couple gals that are absolutely badasses. They do a phenomenal job for us, you know, and then obviously my dad, Bill, you know, we, I, we really think we have a strong team. And the thing that makes us different is we want people to succeed and we don't want to sacrifice any, any, any kind of quality of product. We don't want to sacrifice you know, things for competition's sake, you know, in, in a very competitive market in the hunting industry, you and I both know that, you know, some things can be very saturated and some things can, you know, th there's, there's not much information on, you know, it's highly competitive. And so we want to be able to bridge the gap and really educate and teach everything that we know without ever holding anything back. I mean, we, we are as honest as you can get. You know, we pride ourselves in having great customer service and great products. And so that that's that's Slayer. That's cool, man. The the first introduction that I had to Slayer Calls was last year at Hunt Expo. I'd heard of Slayer, but mm -hmm. I'd never had a chance to see the calls or, or hear them in the real world or get my hands on any. And then last year at Hunt Expo, of course, you guys were the only duck call waterfall call company there and yeah. you know it's a big game show is is pretty mm -hmm. much what it is the western yeah, it, expo and, and it's, to be 100 yeah. percent honest with you that's where i met bill oh really mm -hmm. that's... Was that show. and so everything that 
that they had, you know, there at that show from the time that we started as far as elk goes. So you think about when that show is, it's in February. Yeah. From the end of, you know, basically the beginning of March till, you know, all through all the different shows, the shoots, you know, getting things developed. We did all that in three months. Well, you and I were on the phone texting and calling back and forth and you were sending me prototypes, different things Mm -hmm. from duck calls to elk calls. Um, Mm -hmm. I was able to get my hands. You sent me the, uh, that, the new bugle that you guys put (laughs) that archangel bugle tube. I was actually, I, I used that, um, last fall on a personal hunt for a, for a buddy. And I, I screamed in two different bulls from the same set. We killed them both in, that is in, awesome. in, in one night with that, with that tube. It was, and it was just one of those deals where it was just kind of meant to be that we had a young man there and, and called the first bull in and the dad shot it because the kid didn't have a shot. And then we're standing there kind of celebrating. And it's another bull starts bugling to come into the set that I just made Wow. And I said, well, let's kill this one too. And yeah. he, come, he comes running in and the kid shot that one. And they were, that they laid, awesome. they laid 150 yards apart dead on top of the ridge. You guys, you guys are tough. Yeah, it was pretty, it was <laughs> a, a long night. Put it that way. That was a long <laughs> night. I know. <laughs> we've done that. We've done that together with my dad where he bugled an elk and uh, bugling a bull for my dad probably five years ago five years ago and the he he comes in he shoots it at like 12 13 yards well then as that bull runs off the other bull that there that was kind of dogging him runs right in front of my mom and my dad and they chase like that bull chases that shot bull down ends up getting like the bull lays down to die and the other bull that was chasing him gets him, starts hammering him, flipping him, flipping his head. Sound. I mean, it was the cool one of the coolest things ever. Like watching that, and we're like, wow. should we shoot that? And it was like, mm. <laughs> you know, my yeah. mom just had a knee replacement. Oh was, yeah, no, no. It was just no. me and my dad. Me and my dad were two elk, and we're like, you know, we're pretty tough, but I don't think we're. There's that a tough. difference between being tough and stupid, and sometimes I think I border on that. I I, yeah. I I walk that ragged that line real you know, close. And sometimes. I feel like and I feel like I don't know how many times that we've got ourselves in that situation where it's like, you know, that's not that steep. And then we kinda of second guess, like, well, you know, is he close? And he bugle one more time and he bugles a little closer and kind of like that all sense of uh-huh. you know, your all your sense and common sense just goes out the window <laughs> and you're like, huh. We're bumbles. We'll bounce down the hill. It's no big deal. Go shoot the thing. That's like, oh, I uh, I should have done more. I should have spent more time on the stairmaster. Yeah, because, good you're lord, not, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. <laughs> but that's well, that's all good fun, and that's why we do it, and that's why. Heck we yeah. No, you're yeah. absolutely right, and it's getting. It's that time of year where everybody's starting to uh, think about training again already for next year. Yeah, you know, that's I know. I'm pretty. Um, I'm pretty. Lucky. That's all I think about on a daily basis. Yeah, I try to. I'm with you. I try to stay in as good a shape as I can. It, it gets harder. I don't know how old you are. Um, yeah, see, I'm 44, and <laughs> it gets harder every year yeah. to maintain that physical conditioning. You know, exactly. little little things get you, like a nagging knee or yeah. shoulder or yeah. a, an, an abdominal pull. I fought one of those yeah. since July last year. Well, and, if you're if you're uh, like uh, if you're like us, I've had four shoulder reconstructions, two hip reconstructions, six knee surgeries. Uh, probably need one on my neck. My dad's had I don't know how many shoulder surgeries. He's torn his ACL, needs hip yeah. surgery. My dad's fifty five. He trains every day like a son of a gun. Bill needs surgeries, you know, from playing football. So you yeah. know, we all play at a high level. So you know, waking up with that. <laughs> Yeah, like oh but hey we still have fun and uh you know honestly and like it's kind of like i tell people it's like you know the hardest sport i think to do was wrestling you know actually like competitive wrestling 
when you have to literally fight someone your exact same size for two minutes or three minutes around and literally it's your max repetitions it's, it's the same thing it's like you can train 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 but nothing you can do can really prepare you to put a very heavy load on your back that's you know not necessarily the most comfortable no matter how good a pack you have it's awkward you're climbing over deadfalls on uphill on downhill down and just to turn around and do it again and so you know there's there's just that time and point where you know you kind of have to have that mindset where it's just like you know what I love doing hard things every day and I think that's what makes that's what makes what we do so so fun that that you know it's the dragons you know dragging a sled in through mud and and going through knee-deep mud for a half mile that you're just absolutely just sweating your you know what off and setting decoys just to shoot your 14 ducks to turn around and hump back through it or you know and that that's kind of the reason why it's kind of it's, it's kind of what separates you do something fun you get that accomplishment and you know if, if it was easy everyone would do it you know and that's you know and that's another mentality quote that we have from slayers like if it was easy everyone would do it like we we're more than willing to embrace all the you know crappy stuff that you know this industry and everything has to entail because we know that at the end of the day it's just work and it might be hard and it might suck but hey we're gonna get through it and we're gonna do it yeah yeah no i hear you it's i i was thinking about that the other day you know i threw my threw the renegades in the sled and a handful of handful of federal shells and my mm -hmm. rest of my stuff and it was you know threw on my waders and and away we went and you know and you're sweating your butt off getting down to the blind and it's you know 15 degrees but mm -hmm. you're, still, you're sweating like crazy getting down there and then you gotta not not you gotta layer upright with the right clothes so you don't die while you're down there yeah. you know oh man yeah. but i yeah i'm with you i absolutely i absolutely love it um it's been awesome to see the success that you guys have fostered you know i've been keeping track like i said you and i've been keeping tabs with each other mm -hmm. on and off little bit here and there and you guys are killing it man i i love it so you talk about when you first met the slayer guys at hunt expo same thing for me that was where i first saw them and i was like man those are really good sounding calls i i i like those i i like the way they looked i played with them a little bit it was kind of like mm, wow how did you get connected with them and when you were we glossed over the fact that you are a former world champion elk caller. Mm -hmm. I mean, best of, best of the best. How did yeah, you yeah. how did you get hooked up with Slayer Calls from just meeting them? Well, and here's the crazy thing is my dad placed fourth this year in the World Elk Calling Contest. So he was he was a top finisher as well. And so you have my dad and I, you know. When we had been, we had honestly been making call. My dad has been making calls for a while now, and we've been playing around with, you know, making our own. And so, you know, what attracted me in is I like everybody. You know, I love, I love calls, and I'm just infatuated with, with, with everything that has to do with it. And you know, the first time that I actually met Bill, and I and I pride myself as being a pretty accomplished waterfowl caller and uh you know i could blow their calls but i struggled i struggled i put way too much air in the call and you know i couldn't get i mean i could ring it but like in a hunting situation i'd, I'd really had would have trouble and so basically me having you know, done it for quite a while as far as, you know, I've really figured out the call, um, basically the anatomy of the call, what works, what doesn't work from just trial and error over the years. That works with elk calls and different tubes and goose calls and turkey calls. Like I can go through and, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, talking to bill and bill having that receptive mindset of like huh you know like 
well, tell me what, what could we do to improve and not, not being prideful in himself. Sure. Sure. Which to me was like a guy and, 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 and the guy, I mean, he could honestly, I mean, like, you're just a dipshit. You don't know any dipshit. <laughs> right. Honestly. Yeah. No, but absolutely. Like, and, I, and I wasn't being, and I wasn't being like, you know, but he was, he could see that I really wanted to, you know, I was looking at it and everything like that. And, you know, he just had that, he has that inquisitive mind of, you know, what, what can we do? And so then since, you know, we've, we've figured out and obviously that call, I mean, I can make it work and still this day. And, you know, um, I, I, I do enjoy blowing it. It sounds awesome, you know, but since then him and I have been able to kind of feed off each other. I have learned I don't know how much from Bill, him teaching me, you know, the business side, the, you know, manufacturing side, the, you know, things that, that you don't think about, you know, and I've learned so much from him. I've learned so much from Jen and Lisa, you know, my dad has too. I've learned a lot from my dad. My dad's learned a lot. We've really just clicked. And I don't know if yeah. it's that athlete mentality, you know, where you always want to, you know, improve. And well, you, since, have, you have that in common with those guys, you know, and I think yeah, anybody that you just, have common ground with is just, they're easier yeah. to work with. And if you've ever talked to Bill, he's just the nicest guy in the world. He's a, he's a very successful person and he's a successful person because he cares and he's kind. He's very nice. He's respectful. And for someone like me, I want to surround myself with, people like that and so for me it was it was kind of a no-brainer situation you know it was just it was it was easy things just flowed like when you know i call him you know random times like hey i got a million dollar idea here we go blah, 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 you know and let him have it and then he's like yeah you know we can work on that and there's certain things and that 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 like me constantly thinking and him constantly thinking we're constantly able to bounce ideas off each other and keep improving and now we've come out with a whistle and two new duck calls you know our spec call is awesome our goose call the guts are great sounds awesome you know and you know to be able to improve like my my struggle was just like a lot of people you know when you're hunting like i do where you're hunting refuge, river, open water, you're hunting high traveling, migrating ducks, you need a call that will ring. You need a call that will, you know, have that rasp, have that high end, have that volume to get out there on those ducks. And we've done that. I mean, it's been proven this year to be extremely successful. And then to say, hey, you know, a lot of people want to cut down. I personally love blowing cut down duck calls and to say, Hey, let's make one and to go through and, you know, go take, you know, go through and, you know, learn from the people before the, you know, Warren Wesson's of the world, the, you know, the 1968 Stuttgart champion that who was friends with my grandfather. Cause my grandfather had duck clubs and used to guide at Salvi's Island in Oregon you know, take, 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 literally took a call apart from 1968 where they truly, it was all made of wood and it was all handcrafted. And it was, you know, that was back in the days where you'd cut up a credit card to your student ID for a, for a read. You know, now we're blessed. Now we're blessed with Mylar and CNC right. cutting and everything like that where we have so much more technological stuff so we can take something and take our ideas and blend it in together and make it work and then take a sample that we get and not just blow it in the house but take it out and kill ducks with it that's what we do we take our stuff take it out in the field but does it work dunk it in the water it's freezing outside. It's, you know, how can we fix this call? Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. And it's constantly, it's like we put ourselves, we put all of our products 
through that ringer that we need and that most people go through the, you know, does your calls free freeze when you're walking in, you know, half mile in a swamp and everything's wet and you go to blow it. Like we want it to work. You know, we want the call to be function muddy. We want the call to, you know, function, you know, perfect every time. And so we really pride ourselves in, that like true product development and making a, a really solid product that works. And, you know, it, we're, we're lucky because, you know, my dad's retired bills, you know, we kind of retired because he did the Slayer thing, but sure. you know, they, they can go out and say, Hey, no, this works. This works good. And here's, and here's the, here's the pr- proof in the pudding. It's right here. These are public clan ducks that are, you know, we have to get it like, Last time we went duck hunting, shoot, we get to the boat ramp at two o'clock in the morning. My my um, coolant system's all frozen up in my motor, so we have to take the cowling off. Things like I got a gasket that's you know cold and broken, and now I'm you know leaking a little bit of gas, and so trying to fix that with you know tape and get down to the ramp, start a fire, put up the decoy. Still got three hours to shooting light, you know, doing everything like we're hustling public land, you know. And so, like, our calls work, and they're proven. And it's the same thing out elk hunting. Like, we, you know, we don't want that. We don't want that opportunity. You know, a lot of people can walk through the woods and bump an elk and, and shoot it. We want that bull to come into to me. I want that bull. And I, I don't want just the 55-yard the broadside shot of it chasing the cow. I want that bull to come to me. And so – being able to use our calls, different tactics, learn everything, always, always learning, always figuring out, gosh, you know, what would, what would make life a little bit easier? What would make life easier for a solo hunter? What would make life easier for, you know, the DYI backcountry over the counter, you know, cutting holes in his underwear to, to trim weight, you know, hunter, you know, there's, there's guys out there like that what would make that easier for what, you know, what can we do to make life easier for them? What can we make, what we, could we do to make life easier for, you know, the older, the young, the, you know, the team, the team calling, like how can, like, those are all things that we're thinking about. And those are all things that when we're developing our calls, they have to pass on those tests. Hey guys, this episode of the Wingman Podcast is brought to you by Leupold Optics. And I've been running the Leupold Performance Eyewear, aka the sunglasses, for, man, about two years now. And I've worn a lot of brands of eyewear over the years, obviously as a hunter and a shooter, but also as a fly fishing guide and someone who just spends a lot of time in the outdoors. And... I was super impressed right out of the gate with the Leupold Performance Eyewear. I like the switchback frame the best. I've got a couple different lens colors in that. I've got like an amber lens and a, a gray lens or a smoke lens for bright conditions. And the amber is kind of my all around. I, I find myself wearing that lens all the time. I really like the contrast that that lens provides. I've worn all kinds of different sunglasses from every top brand out there. And the Leupold Performance Eyewear is number one, hands down for me. If if you you guys got to check them out, you can go on leupold.com and look at all the different styles and offerings. And I just I, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, they they have a fit uh, module on there. You can actually like superimpose. I don't know. This is crazy space age technology where they can superimpose that frame over your face. You can kind of see what it looks like. At least they used to have that. I think they still do. <clears throat> but my point is this. Loophole Performance Eyewear helps me perform in all kinds of conditions in the field. They help Those sunglasses help cut glare in those, especially, you know, those times when you're setting up and for a waterfowl hunt, especially and the wind's perfect, and the only way that you can set up correctly with the wind is you're, you're either maybe not looking directly into the sun, but you're looking kind of crosswise, and it's right in your eyes. It's really hard to, to 
pick out shots. It's really hard to pick out birds in those scenarios. And a good quality eye sunglasses, good quality pair of sunglasses helps mitigate that. And the Leupold performance eyewear ones, especially, man, that in those situations for me, I like that amber lens. It cuts the glare, cuts the shine just enough with, and still lets me have great color pop. So I can tell drakes from hens in, in those situations. I can tell roosters from hens if I'm pheasant hunting. I don't know how many times pheasant hunting in early morning or evening and a bird gets up right into the sun and you know, you're, you're practically blinded. And with those performance eyewear from Leupold, it just helps me make a difference. So if you're in the market for a new pair of sunglasses, man, I would highly, highly recommend the Leupold performance eyewear. Check them out at leupold.com and uh, give me some feedback too. Let, let me know what you think. If you try a pair, I think you're going to be really pleased. Yeah. yeah, I it it shows just looking at you and listening to your voice. You're this is your passion, you know. That is what you are passionate about. It I can tell, and I I love seeing it, man. I absolutely love seeing it. Well, my passion, my passion, really, has always been helping people. I think that's why I made such a good football player because I would put, you know others in front of myself and you learn that that true team bonding you learn that you know that self-sacrifice you learn you learn those things and what really makes me happy is watching my kids open presents on Christmas you know being able to take my wife out to a nice dinner to be able to help a person that's been in pain for years be out of pain to be able to see a kid get a college scholarship from just a little bit of hard work to be able to take a, take a call and sell it to somebody and know that it's money back guaranteed and backed with the best customer service you can give and watch them be successful. I mean, that, that is what makes, that's what makes it. And that's what makes us different than some people in the hunting industry is we want to help people. We want to make, a product that we can stand behind me as a man and my family, we can stand behind and say, you, I will help you. If you have trouble with this, I will teach you. If I can't teach you, I'll recommend one. Even if I don't make it, I'll recommend one because as a student, you know, we're constantly always learning, you know, and, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, they, they ask, they're like, well, you know, I, I blow Phelps, you know, I, I blow the Maverick call or the pink Phelps elk diaphragm. I'm like, you know what? I love Dirk. I've known Dirk all my life. We're from Morfino. We're all from Morfino. Corey, Rocky, Dirk, we're all from the same spot. And, you know, um, Dirk's older brother, Lance, He's one of my, I've hunted elk with him for years. He's one of my dad's great friends. And if our product doesn't work, I love the fact that my friends are in the same industry as me. I absolutely love it. That's what it's about. Now, if I can do something that helps somebody, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to continue to do it. And I have passion for it. And I think I have a, a knowledge for it. And I want to put my best foot out there. So, you know, yeah, there's competition out there with all the different duck call manufacturers and turkey call manufacturers and elk call manufacturers. But we don't we don't see it like that. We see it as we see the main picture that we have more people that want hunting to end for. So we don't see the point in turning on each other when it's already such like we're we're already speaking the same language and believe the same thing we're all on the same we're all on the same team yeah and that's that's what that's what kind of gets me from time to time is as hunters we can be our own worst enemies we're competitive with each other 
we yeah. you know you do it different than me so i don't like you or I, that guy that guy's a right. jerk because he's like this when in reality we need we are all on the same team in this yeah and when when it, a house divided cannot stand and right. the, we right. are facing more more and greater and more sophisticated attacks on hunting right yep. now than we ever have before and if Absolutely. we don't get it together, our kids won't have it. We might not have it in another 5, mm -hmm. 10, 15, 20 years. Exactly. And that's that's the that's the whole mission. And so when we make a product, we stand behind it. But if you don't like it, then don't use it. Sure. Plain sure. and simple. Plain and simple. I we think that's a to, great attitude, man. I, want, I, I want, really we do. We want people to be successful. We want people to use our products. But most importantly, we want to keep the sport going. We want to keep the sport alive. We want to keep the tradition and the love. And, you know, people talk about, you know, the mental health topic is something that is huge, especially with, you know, wounded veterans and, you know, different, different people like in law enforcement and, and fire and EMS, you know, dispatch, the hard corporate jobs, the stresses that we put on. Hunting is such a great outlet because it gets you outside it has nothing to do about killing stuff i want to make that clear it gets you outside it gets you involved physically it challenges you mentally it challenges you spiritually and it gives you an opportunity to connect with something outside of your daily your daily struggles because we all have those and so that's what makes it so awesome and that's why we do it like I want, I want to be able to give everyone the exact information that I have in my head. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world by any means. I'm not the best elk hunter. I'm not the best duck hunter. I'll never be that, ever. But I'm going to continue to try. Yeah, I've had success. I've had a lot of success. I've had a lot of success in a lot of different opportunities in a lot of different settings. And so I take that for what it is. It's a fact. And I want to share what I know as far as calling, but I also am never going to, to turn, close my ears off and go, ah, that guy's a dipshit. I don't, you know, I listen to everybody. I listen to everybody. What they have to say matters because I, I'm, I'm never done learning. I'm never like, I'm not done shaping who I am as a person, shaping the, the person that God meant me to be, you know, he put me on this earth for a purpose and that purpose is to serve him. And so I will never put myself in front of him. And so I'm going to continue always learning, always growing, always getting better, always striving to be the best person I can be. And hunting is a great outlet for me to speak my feelings, my emotions, what I know, what I don't know, and make someone's life better. Because we've seen it all. We've seen, you know, uh, the the hunts, you know, like you have a, the, the black, black rifle, you know, the, what they do for the veterans. And we've seen what they do and the looks on people's faces and the emotions of those those veterans that need that. And that's why we do it, you know. My dad goes out and hunt, uh, hunts and helps with the Outfitters for Hope with, that Corey Jacobson does, you know, and he goes out there and they, my, they, they're, they cook for him and, you know, help scout and stuff like that. But, you know, see a kid like that come in, you know, who can't walk, they're carrying him, you know, and have success. Like, that's why you do it. 100%. That's why you do it. You know, and, and I think that, we get caught up in, you know, as hunters, we get caught up in the, you know, you know, puffing our chests out to each other, you know, and it's like, I don't care if you shoot a, a spike, you shoot a cow, you shoot a hen, you shoot a hooded meganser. I don't, I don't care. You shoot a Jake. Like, that's awesome. That's, that's an opportunity that you have to be outside and have success. And to me, that's awesome. And I will never, ever look down on somebody for shooting a cow shooting a spike shooting a hooded meganser you're like i love that 
like as long as you eat it, <laughs> you know. And good luck with that because those yeah. things are, you know, <laughs> save the bass. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the dogs might end up getting the mergansers. I'm just, you know, <laughs> you know. As I, long as... I shot a, I shot a merganser last year, end of the end of the season type deal, and it was we had, you know, we got five. I don't know what you guys are because you're Pacific Flyway there. Seven. We're Central Flyway here, so um, you know, we get five five mallards, two ends, and we get a bonus, right? Yeah, and. Yeah. I, you're usually looking for like a widgeon or a teal or, but every now and then that bonus is a golden eye or it's a common organzer, you know, yeah. it's something like that. So yeah. I may or may not have swatted one last year. And uh, that's man, all you, you forget, but you forget when you, that dog runs out, dog doesn't care. Dog runs out, fetches bird, brings it back. Not only did the dog enjoy itself, but you forget they're a cool looking bird. They really they, are. They really are. They are a neat, neat looking bird. I took it home, like all my birds, and I have two little girls and a little boy, and they, my little girls especially, thought that was the neatest bird. You know, they're used to seeing lots of geese, lots of mallards, but you bring home a duck like that that's out of the ordinary, and they're like, whoa! They probably played yeah. with that thing for, you know, two days before I cut it up and cooked it. And yeah, it, no, for it sure. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's that's for real you know and you know coming from you know we can shoot seven seven ducks we can shoot seven mallards if we want you know we have we can only shoot two hens but you know the we have that we have that opportunity and you know still like if i see a drake spoonbill it's getting whacked i love i love them things i think they're awesome you know ringnecks i think are awesome I think, oh, yeah. I think, I think they're all, they're all super cool. Granite yachts. It's so cool to have the. Well, the some of them, like you said, man, some of them are better eating than others, but they're all yeah. cool. They're all cool. And, you know, there's always a way to eat them. And there's a, yeah, like he said, they all make sausage. So. Yep. That's true. Yeah, you that's know, true. And it, it, Words of wisdom like, from the, from your dad. Yeah. And so, yeah. Growing up, you know, in northern Idaho, I mean, we have, we have the uh, Barrows Goldeneye up there, and so we can shoot the Barrows, and we can shoot the Canvasbacks and the Redheads, and you know, Canvasback to me will always be the coolest duck in the universe. I think they're just the king of all ducks, and you know, the Drake Pintails, and you know, I absolutely, I, I love them all, and that's and that's where I'm very lucky living in Idaho to be able to, sh you know, shoot a snow goose, shoot a Drake Sprig shoot a friggin drake canvas back drake mallards teal i mean we can do it all yep. and it, it's 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 amazing and we're so lucky and you know and the other thing that's really cool living in idaho is we can shoot rios we can shoot easterns and we can shoot miriams that's in the cool. same state in the that's, same state that's super cool you know we can and it's because you know the the national wild turkey federation has taken and transplanted Rios in Easterns. And the mountain turkey here has always been the Miriam. And so what's really cool is be out there in the mountains and listen to and hear a, a Miriam gobble versus an Eastern gobble. Oh, it's night and day. And then they cross. You know, so we get kind of hybrid turkeys oh. and a lot of Eastern, a lot of Eastern Rio mixes. Okay. And, you know, I'd say from, we probably have more Rios um, than we do, obviously, Easterns and Miriams. The Miriams are in the mountain, the mountain regions, you know, the higher elevations, you know, and they're just a tough turkey, but we can shoot all three of them in Idaho. And we can shoot mule deer and whitetail. I mean, the fact is my wife killed a 172-inch uh, meal deer. My dad killed a 168 inch whitetail in the same year. Wow. I mean, we have, we have a really awesome, a really awesome, um, you know, state that we live in that is able to, we're able to do so much. Yeah, absolutely. Know. Well, we kind of got talking a little bit before I hit record about, um, how the hunting's been. You know, yeah. it's it's completely shut down and 
not completely shut down, but we've had that we got that big cold snap here uh, that the rest of the country got, and it, it iced up our rivers really bad. Our birds didn't leave. We got a big push. Actually, there's have more birds now than we did, but um, they are my ducks anyway are completely nocturnal. They're feeding completely at night, especially now that the weather's gotten warm again, and there's too much ice in the river to, to safely hunt it. Um, yeah, like you you just it'd be a death sentence to put a dog in there it really would not not to mention there's just no place to set decoys or anything like that so yeah well the dogs the dogs are just as important i mean i know that oh yeah yeah you know, hunting in those putting the dog through yeah it's not worth it's not worth it to me it's not no, worth it no i hear you i hear you what what do you guys have going there right now what are you looking um, at for for hunts? We still we still have we still have quite a few birds. Um, okay. We have quite a few birds. We have a lot of geese. Um, the issue is is obviously our river hunting is kind of the birds are spread back out in the little okay. water, little sloughs. You know, we obviously have you know the Treasure Valley that is large, and every little subdivision has a pond or a canal, or so those birds spread out, but. You know, we can still find them. It takes time. You know, it takes time to, to find them and find a pocket of birds you can hunt. Um, traveling a little bit. But, you know, we can we can still we can still get after them. Um, like you said, you know, hunting, you know, first thing in the morning or <coughs> that last hour of light, you know, when they're coming back. You know, a lot of our birds have gone nocturnal, but, you know, you kind of catch the you know the the very you know front end of the push in the evening and you know you kind of have the the birds that mill around first thing in the morning you know but when it's when it's warm and there's no wind you know they they yeah. spread out so yeah. you know it's just it's it's you know duck hunting is all about location 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 like it doesn't really matter what call you use or whatever you got to be where the birds want to be and you got to you just got to find them, find a pocket of birds. You know, if you find a pocket of birds, being smart with your, with your birds, you know, shooting when you can, you know, letting them come back. Not, you know, if you're hunting, I say a, a pond, you know, you don't want to shoot in a group of 80 ducks. Right. You know, right. You, you want them to come back in twos and threes and just playing that game. You know, so I'd say that's kind of where we're at, you know, looking, looking forward to getting back out and, getting some scouting and getting, you know, finding some birds, you know, uh, we're lucky our river didn't, we didn't see a lot of ice in our river, but you know, all of our, our smaller, I guess, I mean, some of our smaller rivers kind of froze, but you know, the snake river. Yeah. Obviously is, is a, is a is flowing, you know, so we did, we did pretty well there. Um, and so now we're just we're just kind of back at, you know, trying to find birds. You know, there's there's some some spots that you know that we hunt on the river that you know may take a little bit longer to get it to, right. but you can you kind of find that pocket of birds that fly where they're feeding, and they're coming back, and it's not as far, but you're you're just hunting a different bird. You're not hunting a a town bird or you know one one of the big migrating flocks. You're just finding kind of a small pocket of birds where they're hitting, you know, the water here, the feed here, and they're just kind of jumping back and forth. You know, the issue that we're having right now too is a lot of our fields have, you know, they're flooded. Okay. You know, the and so birds are piling up in the fields. And so then it takes, you know, trying to find the permission and yeah. and and do that and you know that that in today's day and age is it's oh, tough it's, getting, it's it's and it gets and it's hard everywhere you go you well, know what's, it's, what's it's the, not it's not just you know certain areas yeah and you know it, it's one thing for a, you know an outfitter or a guide you know to lease up some land you know because that's their livelihood and they're they're able to take people out and get them into the sport and that's all great but you know when you have you know a 16 year old kid asking for permission and then you have a land and yeah, I'll take 10 grand from you, you know, or a thousand bucks a day. Like you 16 year old kid can't do that. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I can't do that. And so, you know, it kind of takes it away, but you know, there's still opportunities. 
know, just like anything, you just gotta gotta go a little farther and a little deeper, just like an elk. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly, just like elk. You know, it was interesting what you said about finding little groups of birds. Um, that's my favorite way to hunt this time of year is to scout, put in the time, the windshield time, and find like a little hot pond or a little spring-fed yeah. creek that's oh, yeah. got that's got a handful of birds using it. Not not a thousand or five thousand birds using it, but maybe 150, 200, maybe yeah. 50, maybe 50. Enough yeah. where I know I'm gonna be able to go and maybe take me and one guy and we're gonna go down. It's gonna be simple. We'll take be able to take turns picking out yeah. breaks and shoot our 10 ducks, go home. Yeah, I love, I love that. I love that. 12 decoys and your dog ah. and yeah. your buddy and go out there and shoot them at, and the thing is is you know shoot, them with, there's shoot a, them with four tens there's been you know yeah that's that's really cool you know shooting with 20s 28s you know we we have all those but you know i i just no matter what it is no matter if we're hunting the best spot ever or the worst spot ever you know we want to shoot ducks at 10 15 yards yep i hear you we want to shoot them. We we want that bird. We want to be able to work the bird. You know, call them in the right way. And a, a lot of thing, a lot of another topic too that I think people are getting kind of lost on is, you know, it's becoming the whole racy thing. Like whatever, whatever looks cool and it acts cool and this call and that call. And it's like, you know, what people are really missing is the real art of duck calling. You know, it's an art you don't have to make the best sounds and it's the same exact thing with turkeys with wolves with coyotes with anything you can call it's timing it's being able to read the situation that you're in and make a call whether it's the best in the world or you know average you know it's the art of doing it it's the timing and to me, that's the coolest thing is when, you know, you see a bird and it's flying, it's wing beats are one way, you call at it, it's wing, wing beats change, it reacts, it does something else, it's coming into you, it's wing beats pick back up again, you hit another note, it's wing beats change, it cuts a little lower, you know, it's, 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 this, it's the same thing with calling anything. And that's, and that's where I, I really love doing what we do. Like if we kill five ducks five mallard ducks and they came in and backpedaled and did exactly and went exactly where we said they were going to that's a win yeah you know versus you know going out there with eight guys and pass shooting and losing a, a half you know half dozen birds and and crippling and putting your dog through you know the ringer you know we want to be able to you know we could probably shoot a lot more birds that way and our dogs are all qualified enough to you know run those marks and run those lines and they're they're trained well enough that we can do that and we have to ask them to do it at times but it's the fact of our dogs make simple retrieves multiple doubles triples blinds you know we we run them they do exactly what we want them to do but it's our job as hunters is to call the ducks to where we expect them to be shot and not set up a situation where we're going to put our dogs in jeopardy we're going to put you know we're going to loop we're going to sail a bunch of birds and lose a bunch i mean happens to everybody you oh, know yeah. We, oh, yeah. we lose birds. but we, we we do our best to make sure that you know we take some of those variables out you know if it's the difference between hunting right on the x in you know, an opportunity on a spot that we can't safely navigate a dog, navigate shooters, you know, then we won't do it. You yeah. know, we'll, yeah. and, and that's, that's the really cool thing is we have choices and we can make those choices and, you know, success is all, is all relative when it comes to, you know, yeah. You know, a lot of guys want to shoot seven, you know, for in our five year case, seven right, for us, right, right. all drink mallards and you know line them all up for a pretty picture but you know that's not that's i mean that that happens but that's not 
you know, majority of people, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to think when they listen to this podcast to think that I don't love that. Cause I absolutely do love that. It's, it's oh, so amazing. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, you don't have but, to even say that statement, dude. We would be lying if we said, Oh no, yeah. it's not about shooting yeah. limits or, Oh, it's not about yeah. that. No, it is. It is. Love, but there's that, more but... to it than that. Yeah. And it's being able to say, you know, this is my definition of success. Right. right. You know, my definition of success is going out there with people that I love or people that, are, that are new and sharing a blind, sharing the conversation, sharing the stories, sharing the struggles, sharing the, sharing the every, you know, every little thing that goes into it, you know, um, a couple years ago, I took my wife out and some kids had, slept there overnight so we lost our spot and so we go out and found this other spot and go out there and i think we shot like you know four ducks short around and shot 10 ducks and you know just to be out there in the sun the sun was hitting the mountain you know the canyon real pretty and you know turn a song on the phone and just i just danced with my wife with our waiters on in the in the river and it was the coolest thing damn thing i've i've ever seen duck hunting being able to shoot ducks and spend that time with my wife and have that memory. And I mean, that's, that's what, that's, that's why, that's why we do it. We do it for those, those, those memories, you know, the, the times where, you know, we're chasing an elk and, you know, my wife sitting, we're sitting down the hill and, you know, tired and miles deep and no way in hell are we going to shoot that elk. Cause it's six ridges over now. And, you know, <laughs> But just sitting there and, and seeing that, seeing that smile and that look, and you know, that's that's the coolest thing, and that's one thing that you know a lot of people they get out there and you know good for them and good either not settling and all that you know, but like you gotta stop and smell the roses. That's why we do it. You know, we go out there, we're outside, we're in God's creation, and we we love doing what you know we love being out there being with your people and, and, and just sharing that time. You know, I'd be, be lying if I told you that I was all about just, you know, I'm going to plug my phone. Um, I'd be lying if I say, no, go out there and, you know, it's not, you know, I don't want to shoot something or, or harvest something. Like, of course I do. But like on the, on the, on the other side of the coin, it's like, I love just being out there because that's what I love to do. And I think that more people need to hear that, that it's okay to fail because failure is how we learn, you know, it's okay. And that's what makes that one time where you draw back your bow and you shoot your, your first elk, you know, that's what makes it so special is because if you put so many years into it and hustled in X amount of miles to shoot that, then that's what makes it cool. You know, yeah. if you, yeah. you know, yeah, I, you're you're spot on, dude. I, I feel I feel the same way. You know, I it's you know, we, we we do a video series for wingmen, and so there's a lot of times where it's me and other guys we're in the blind, but as often as possible, I have my kids with me. You know, my two, my seven-year-old, my five-year-old love to be out there. They love to hunt, they they love to be in the duck blind, they love to to chase elk in September when the weather's nice with, with me. They just right. love it. You know, my wife likes it too. You know, we, we've got a little guy right now that he's two and I'm looking forward to getting him out in the blind. Now that we've got some warm weather and we'll get out and get after it. It'd be really cool if I could find a really good honker feed and get him out with the, you know, in the panel blind or the A-frame blind and where he doesn't yeah. have to worry yeah. about being still, you know, just go have fun. Come up, come up here and we'll take, we'll take, we'll take, we'll take them all. That'd be fun. That would that would be definitely fun. But small, we have yep. the we have the we have the spots to do that, and the and you know I look at where where I if it wasn't for my dad taking me out at young ages, if it wasn't for the times where you know I'm seven years old and I'm pushing the boat off and my hands freeze the aluminum and I get a, go underwater and I'm wet and cold and, you know, he packs extra clothes. If it wasn't for those times, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Right. 
Right. I mean, that, that, that's the whole fact of the matter. If it wasn't for those times when I was out there at a young age, and it's so important this day and age when there's so much crap in the schools, there's so much crap on social media, there's so much crap everywhere on TV, on everything that our kids are being fed. It's so important to be able to bring our children, bring our youth, bring the the ones who don't understand bring them out and show them what we do yep because like i said i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my dad my 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 uncle my grandfather both my grandfathers you know all my uncles i mean we just lost we just lost my um my mom's oldest brother to cancer this year and you know I look at the impact that he had in Cascade, Idaho for the ice fishing community and all the people that he introduced to ice fishing out on that lake. And it's like, he, he changed so many lives just by sharing what he loves to do. You know, we lost another one of our dear friends, one of the, one of the best elk callers and turkey callers I think I've ever met. Um, he was he was a, a great dude who took his daughter out and absolutely loved spending that time and we lost him in the spring, you know, and so it's like we do that, we do that for those people who can't and those who don't understand yet. And so, you know, it's it's just a tradition that I want to pass on. You know, I want to take my kids out on Cascade and catch perch. I want to take my kids out and have them water swat their first teal. I want to take them out and call in a turkey for them. I want to take them out and have them be successful and go through the ringer. You know, I want them to experience just like you, the absolute pure love tradition and passion that the outdoors can give you. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely uh, such a gift and such a blessing. Oh, man, you're spot on. You are spot on. But I tell you what, man, I think uh, we need to, we need to have this conversation, more of this conversation uh, again, maybe a hunt expo in a few weeks and talk calls and some more stuff. And are you, are you competing? Are you competing this year? Oh yeah. Yeah. I figured, I figured, well, good luck to you. Best of luck. Thank you very much for jumping on here and sharing your passion with us and talking about Slayer calls and all that stuff, dude. It's been a great, great conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity and the, uh, the opportunity to share my feelings, my passions, my, my everything with you and hopefully, you know, somebody hears this and you know if they ever have any questions my door's always open you know, anybody listening or if i can do anything for anybody you yourself included anyone at eastman's wingman if i can ever do anything i'll take the shirt off my back for you i appreciate that cody you're a great dude thanks again i appreciate it all right thank you